Church, we are so glad that you have joined us online today. My name is Christine Cartwright, and I am one of the kids' pastors here. And even though we can't gather together in person, we would love to know that you are with us online today. Whether you've been a part of our church for a long time, or this is your very first week checking us out, we'd love to know that you're with us. You can do that two ways. You can go to the link in the chat that's going on right now, or you can take a moment and open up the Union Chapel app and check in there. Although our ministry looks a little different right now, we would love to encourage you to continue with your faithful giving. This is an unprecedented time in our history, and we believe that God could use this pandemic in order to usher in the next great awakening. And your generosity will help us to be on the front line with what God is going to be doing next. There are a few different ways that you can give. The first one would be with our online platform, and you can do that with the link in the chat box right now. Another way that you can do that is by going to the Union Chapel app and giving there. And of course, you can always write a check and drop it in the mail to us. We've been encouraging you to join with us in the Unite 714 prayer movement so that we can be praying together for our country and for our world. God's word says that we are to rejoice always and to pray without ceasing. And in this, we will know that we are together in Christ Jesus. So let's say these words together and pray for God to move mightily. Our Lord and our God, look in your mercy upon the suffering that covers the earth. A force called COVID-19 is dominating governments, derailing economies, and destroying peace. It is an ever-present challenge, bringing pain and devastation upon your creation. Yet we declare the name of Jesus is above all names in heaven and on earth. We believe, as your holy scriptures have taught us, every person, problem, pestilence, and power must bow before the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask that COVID-19 be halted and eradicated. Lord Jesus, you created the world and everything in it. You healed the sick. You walked on water, fed thousands, and raised the dead. You rule and reign. You said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. In the name of Jesus, we boldly ask for our families, churches, cities, and nations to be protected from the effects of COVID-19. We know the name of Jesus has great power when we speak it. For you are our Savior and our Lord. We know that even now, you are at the right hand of our Father, interceding for people as they battle COVID-19. Lord Jesus, we are confident in the power of your name. So we ask you to give scientists, researchers, and medical personnel the supernatural strength and wisdom needed in their battle against COVID-19. We ask for healing and restoration in the lives of all those affected by this disease. We ask all these things in the name that is above every name, the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In just a moment, 
pictures of first responders as well as members of our police department and fire department that belong to our church community are going to be shown on the screen. We want to bless them and their families with a special time of prayer because of the hard work that they are doing right now in our community. Let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the way these first responders are serving our community. They put themselves at risk for our sake every time they respond to a call for help. These heroes help those who are hurt, struggling, and confused at the expense of time away from their family and their loved ones. Please give them supernatural clarity as they arrive on the scene so they can know what needs to be done. Help them move quickly and confidently to resolve the crisis before them, and may they see danger before it happens. Father, while our police work to diffuse tension, anger, and hate, may no harm come to them. Help them speak wisdom, comfort, and courage on the domestic disputes they are brought into. Help them safely and quickly apprehend criminals and drug dealers that would tear apart our community. Help them build trust and connection with those they serve. Lord, we also pray for our firefighters and our EMTs. Give them split-second wisdom that will save people's lives. Send angels to protect them in every dangerous situation and draw them close to yourself. Jesus, be a fortress around them. Keep each one of them healthy and block sickness and especially COVID-19 from them. Make the peace of Jesus flow right through them to the people they are serving. Use them to bring your calm where there's fear, panic, or malice. Let your peace that is beyond our understanding guard not only their hearts, but the hearts of everyone around them as well. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your calm in the midst of the action. We also ask that you send your comfort when their day is done. Help them to de-stress and relax, and may they find the peace that comes from casting their cares on you, Jesus. Free them from pent-up tension and help them to release their stress to you. Renew their minds, refresh their spirits, and bless every relationship they have. Strengthen their families, marriages, and protect them from contracting COVID-19. Lord, we ask that you draw our community closer than ever before. Bless the leadership and strength of our first responders that they bring to our community. Most of all, send the power of your Holy Spirit to lead and guide us in your will. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray, amen. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Union Chapel. Welcome to worship this morning. We're in a mini-series now, just talking out loud about what we're all going through with this pandemic and the orders to stay home and to stay uh, distant from one another. You can see we've got some of our friends here distant from each other, socially appropriate. And uh, we just want you to know that we're praying for you and we love you and we know that God is with you. 
Uh, last week we talked about being in a storm. We're all in a storm of, sor of sorts. And today I want to talk about in the valley. Where is God? How can we rely on God when times are difficult? So I've chosen as our text today from Psalms, Psalm 84, verses 5 to 7. If you have your Bible, you can turn to those three verses. And of course, we'll project them on the screen. This is uh, David now writing. King David says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Well, this is a valley of Baca. I want to talk about that a little bit today. When times are good, you know, we're on the mountaintop, life is good. It's easy to believe God is good and God is with us and all is well. We're blessed. But when we find ourselves in a storm or in a valley like we do right now, it's a whole different sort of thing because people are hurting, people are lonely, people are worried, people are afraid. Some folks are battling depression in ways that they're not accustomed to. When you're facing the uncertainty of the consequences of COVID-19, um, we're in the valley. And so let's talk about that together. We're all in that moment right now. We're afraid we're going to lose our job or we've already lost our job. Uh, we wonder about our financial future. What about our family? How are we going to take care of each other? What about our aging parents? Many of us have that unique challenge at this point. What about my business? What about my future schooling? Lots of things in, up in the air. What about my church? What's going to happen to us? These are important questions. We're all feeling this way, and so we're in the valley. Um, so the question today is, where is God in all of this? Where is God when we're in the valley? The valley in the scripture are places where battles are fought, several of those references throughout biblical history. These were valleys where it depicted seasons of depression or desperation or seasons of loneliness. Uh, the valleys were also a place where growth, personal growth was experienced. And, and in fact, if you're taking notes, I'd like to say it this way. This is the first fill in the blanks. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. We may enjoy him when things are good, but we get to know him when things aren't so good. Again, from our text, I just want to look at those verses one more time. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. They pass through the Valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. So what is the Valley of Baca? We think, pretty sure, most likely it was associated with a particular tree, uh, maybe a Baca tree or at least a similar spelling to that. And this particular kind of tree was a tree that oozed out sap. Um, we might call it a weeper. And so it was constantly crying, this tree. And that's why the Valley of Baca is translated in different ways in the scripture. For example, it's called the Valley of Tears or the Valley of Weeping, called the Valley of Loss. When we, when we study the scripture with these valleys, we see that oftentimes the valley is very dangerous. Uh, there are 
thorns in the valley. There are wild animals there. There are oftentimes bandits in a valley. Difficult then to get through the valley without being affected by it in some negative way. And so what do we learn from this text that King David provides for us in the valley of Baca, the valley of tears? Here's the first thing we get. First of all, seek his strength. Seek his strength. Verse five, blessed are those whose strength is found in God. Now, I know that many of you are followers of Jesus uh, listening in today, and, and that's good for you. And there are some of you, though, that you're not a follower of Jesus, and maybe you're tuning in and you're curious or you're seeking or you're hurting and you're looking for answers in your life. The truth is, if you don't know God intimately, and this is just a fact, then what you have is all you have if you don't know God. But for those of us who follow Christ, we've learned something that's very important. We believe that we have strength that goes beyond what we have. We have what we have, and then we also have what Christ has. And it adds enormous strength to our lives. Blessed are those whose strength is found in you. Yeah. A few summers ago, Beth and I were traveling on I-65 on the south side of Indianapolis, going north uh, on the south split. And, and as we turned off of 65 onto 465 east on the south side, it was a hot day and very warm. And so the, the road had a lot of oil buildup on it. And there had been a brief shower that had just come through and just wet that oily, hot highway. And it was a time of the day and week when there was very uh, low traffic volume. And as we came around the corner onto 465, we noticed to our right a semi-tractor trailer, 18-wheeler, that was literally just piled up into one of the big concrete embankments that held the major signage there. And we drove by that. And you've done this before. You're driving by an accident and you just, you're trying to assess what's happening and you're absorbing this for the first time and you're concerned about if there are people involved. And in this case, as we were driving by this, we, we saw the cab of this semi and, and this thing was demolished. It was just folded up like an accordion. I mean, it was a huge long nose truck and it was half its original size because it had just gone right into this concrete immovable object. And as we got by this truck, as we were absorbing what we were seeing, we realized we're the first ones here. There were no emergency equipment. There were no other cars. We were the fir literally the first vehicle that had come up on this accident. And so I immediately pulled over. I tasked Beth with calling 911. And this was summertime, and I had shorts on, a T-shirt, and some, and some Crocs, you know. And, and so I, I go running back to this truck. And, and steam and smoke is coming off of this thing. The smell of diesel fuel is everywhere. It is very precarious. And I climbed up on the side of this truck best I could, and I peered through the, the driver's side window of this truck, and I, it, the, 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 the front of this, the motor of this truck was pushed right into the, into the compartment, into the cab. It was devastating. And I'm looking for the driver, and I'm not seeing him anywhere. And finally, I hear some rustling back in the sleep compartment of this truck. And I, I look, and, and I, there's a guy on his, 
all fours rummaging around. I said, sir, are you okay? He said, I'm okay. I just can't find my phone. Can't find your phone. I said, you need to get, you need to get out of this truck. And he said, I just need a minute to find my phone. And I, I realized immediately that he's in shock. He's concussed. He can't be well after this collision. And he's looking for his phone. You know, this may be a metaphor for life in the world right now. Uh, people totally unaware of their need, uh, but desperate for their phone. Makes you wonder. Uh, so I coaxed this guy the best I could because I, you know, I, I, I could climb in there, but I, I didn't want to. And, you know, the fuel and everything was precarious. And so I just kind of coaxed him close enough to me that I could get a hold of him. And I, I grabbed him by the shirt on his shoulder and I pulled him, just physically dragged him out of that truck. He kept saying, I need my phone. I said, you don't need your phone, sir. You need to get out of this truck. And he said, and, and so I threw his arm around my shoulder. I literally dragged this man away from this wreck and up on the embankment and laid him down and, and forced him to lay down and hold still because who knew how badly his injuries might be. And he kept saying, I'm fine, I'm fine. I can make it. Listen, he wasn't fine. You understand, he wasn't fine. I literally carried him to safety. And what I learned about that day was that that driver, he was at the end of himself. He was at the end of himself and his strength. And I took over. Now, can you get it? The good news is for those of us who are followers of Christ, there's a power bigger than you and bigger than me. It is our God who, when you hit the end of your strength, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Can you hear that? Can you receive it? Yeah, his strength, scripture says, is made absolutely perfect. Blessed are those whose strength is found in God. Look at this on the screen. If you don't know God intimately, then what you have is all you have. God, though, gives us a strength that goes beyond just what we have. <clears throat> How many of you have experienced it? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. We, yeah, we've experienced it. It's true. So if you're in the middle of a valley right now, and I know all of us are in one valley or another, you have access to the very real, ever-present power of a good God who is available and ready to come and assist you in your time of need. Blessed are those whose strength is found in God. See, one of the big problems in our world today is we almost idealize the spirit of independence. Have you noticed this? I suffer from this. I, I have to really work at this personally. You know, I don't need anybody. I want to be financially independent. I want to be completely good all on my own. I don't want to trust people. I don't want people to have to be there for me. You know, I don't even need God, some people claim. Uh, I don't need anybody. So one of the great opportunities of coronavirus, frankly, is the opportunity to be in this together. We're all in this together. We're not just a local community. We're not just a family. We're a global community fighting this together. This is a big deal, and it's therefore an opportunity. We were not created to be independent. We were created by our God to depend on him and to depend on one another. And it's an opportunity to practice that. So blessed are you when you realize you are not, in, not independent and, and that you have a power available from God to assist you and to help you. Blessed are those whose strength 
is found in God. So seek his strength, seek his strength, and you'll be better for it. Here's the second thing. It's on your outline. Number two, fix your mind. Fix your mind. Now, this isn't, this isn't just psychobabble. This isn't just preacher talk. Listen, this is real important. Fix your mind. The living translation of verse five from our text says, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who've set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Set their minds on a pilgrimage, in this case to Jerusalem. I love that. We're on a pilgrimage, apparently, to Jerusalem. Now, what does that mean? We may be in the valley, but we're going to another place. We're going to Jerusalem. Now, historically, Jerusalem now becomes a city. It's a city of refuge, if you will. Or we're going to that place that we may call the place of peace. We're going to a place that's a sanctuary. We're going to a place of peace. We're going to a place of refuge. To get to the city of refuge, what the Bible's teaching here is you have to go through first, go through the valley of tears. To get to the place of peace, you have to go through the valley, the valley of weeping. I like the imagery. Sometimes to get where you really appreciate the presence and power of God, you have to push through a little bit, a little bit of the pain in order to get to the presence of the goodness of God. Now, isn't it true? For so many people, the valley is the pathway to the place of peace. Have you experienced this? I hope you have. You've pushed through the valley. You're on a pilgrimage. This is the way the psalmist said it. Let me show you the first part. He said, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who has set their minds, set their minds. Uh, can you say that with me? My mind is set, say it. My mind is set. One more time. My mind is set. Look on the screen at Colossians chapter three, verse two. Set your mind on things above, not on things below. Things above. Paul also told the church at Philippi, look at Philippians 4, 8. If anything is excellent or worthy of praise or admirable or lovely, think about such things. So where you are is one thing. What you think about is something else. And what you think about is important. What you think about matters, it matters a lot. Keep your mind on God. Listen, somebody, somebody I'm talking to right now needs to hear this because your mind has been wondering. You've had imaginations about your future and it's all bad and it's ugly and it's, and it's sad, you need to reset your mind, reset your thinking, your thoughts. Uh, the, your current situation may be in the valley, but your mind can still be set upon God. This is an important discipline, an important practice. Your heart might be racing, but your mind is set. Your soul may be aching, but your mind is set. Your emotions may be all jumbled, but your mind is fixed toward God. There may be real pressure points created by COVID-19 in your life, real points of pressure, relational pressure, professional pressure, financial pressure. You're in the valley, but my mind is set on the goodness of God, the capacity of God, the ability of God. He's with me. He's for me. Uh, greater is he who's in me than he who is in the world. Yeah, yeah. God is going before me to prepare a way. His spirit gives me strength when I'm weak. I need him every moment of every day. His word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. When I can't make it, his power is very, very real in the valley. My mind is set on the kingdom of God. So I'm on a pilgrimage. I'm going to the place of peace. 
You may be in the valley, but your mind is fixed. Amen? Can you get it? Can you hear that? So fix your mind. Fix your mind, your thoughts on the goodness of God and the provision of God. Now, here's the last point I want to make in the valley. Number three, dig a well. Dig a well. Psalm 84, verse 6. As they pass through, see the phrase pass through? As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. As they pass through the valley of Baca, in other words, we may be in the valley right now, but the valley, that's not our destination. It's passing through the valley. So what are we doing? Just passing through. What's our, what's our purpose right now? Pass through. What's our goal right now in this valley? We're going to pass through. This too shall pass. We're moving through this phase of our lives, just passing through. My God will get me through this. God is with us. We're going to get through this. We're passing through. Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me. I may be in the valley, but I'm just passing through. I may be in difficult times. I may be hurting. I may be in a dark place. It's the valley, the valley of Baca, the valley of tears. What is most important, that in the midst of a trial, we keep the, the main thing, the main thing. And that is we're just passing through. We're going through this. So what is the most important thing you do during a global pandemic? Most important thing you do, pass through it. We're going to get through this. We're passing through. Sometimes when you're in the middle of, of it, you just want to say, God, get me out of this. I, I don't want this anymore. I'm tired of this. I want this to stop. I want this to go away. I just want out. But look at this statement. Most often, the way is through the valley, not out of the valley. Got to go through. King James Version says they, they make it a well. They make it a well. They make it a place of springs. In other words, whenever you're in a dry place, what do you do? Dig a well. If you're dry, what do you need? <laughs> I need a drink. So you dig a well. You, you, you clear away a little place. You create a little container. You carve out a little niche in your life, in your mind, in your heart, your spirit a place for God. You, 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 you make room to be refreshed by God's spirit, by his presence. You dig a well. You dig a well. When you're dry and when you're hurting, you make room for the presence of God. You make room for the provision of God. God says, if you dig it, I'll fill it. If you prepare for me, I'll show up. You show me your faith, I'll show you my faithfulness. So, so if, you, if you knock, God will open the door. If you ask, he'll respond. If you seek, God will let you find. Yeah. Jesus healed a guy with a withered hand. Remember this miracle? He walks up to this guy, he's got a withered hand. Who knows what kind of situation it was, but it's all contracted, it's all withered. It's just, you know, imagine it like this. What did Jesus say to the guy? Maybe you, maybe you remember. Jesus, the first thing he says to the guy with a withered hand, he says, stretch out your hand. Guy goes, the hand doesn't stretch, it's withered. This is where, if I could stretch it, it wouldn't be withered. Jesus says, stretch out your hand. And so the, 
the guy just tries to obey. And as he does that, he's amazed by the miracle he receives. And his hand is healed. What did Jesus ask the guy to do? Dig a well. Dig a well. Make room for me. Give me a spot. There was a guy who was lame for 38 years. 38 years. Jesus walked up on this guy and he doesn't go, you know, Jesus power, Shazam. And the guy gets up. <laughs> instead, instead he, he says to him, take up your mat. Guy's been laying on this mat for 38 years. He can't pick up his mat. He can't pick up himself. Pick up your mat. <laughs> really? That's a curious thing, isn't it? The guy, you know, just out of hope, if nothing else, desperate hope, starts to move one leg, one foot, then a leg, then another, gets up on all fours, realizes, I think I can do it, stands to his feet, picks up his mat. What is it? Jesus said to the guy, Take, pick up your mat. What he meant was, hey, look, just make a place for me. Make a place for your faith. Carve out, carve out a niche in your heart for your relationship with me, and you'll see what I can do. Dig a well. Dig a well. You need a drink? Dig a well. Somebody listening today online, within the sound of my voice, you haven't sensed the presence of God for a long, long time. Here's the promise of the scripture. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. He will. He will. If you just take one half a step in his direction, he'll meet you. He'll meet you there because he wants to be with you. He longs to have a relationship with you. So take a step toward him. Make a well. Dig a ditch. It's time to say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop. I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to wait for your presence. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to carve out time. I'm going to carve out space. I'm going to carve out a place in my life for you. You know, when Moses went up on the mountain uh, to receive his call, you know, he saw this burning bush. And, and God spoke to him and he said, he said, listen, this is an important moment for you. You need to stop and take this in. In fact, you know, kick off your shoes. This is holy ground and spend some time here. All I'm suggesting is that spending time with God isn't uh, an Instagram experience. It's not a Facebook post. You know, it's, it's not a drive-by. It's not a drive-through. It's settle down here for a moment, create a space, and wait for God's goodness. Hang out for a while, spend some time getting to know God, and he'll reveal himself to you. Because if you dig a well, God promises he will fill it. If you seek him, you'll find him. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. Now, here's, here's what I hope you'll understand. God never, ever promised that you would never go through the valley. Never promised that. He did promise that you would never have to go through the valley alone. God is with us. Even in the valley of tears, even in the valley of suffering, even in a wilderness, even in a storm, God is with us. And he will draw near to you as you reach out to him. 
Psalm 84, verse 7, as we journey through the valley of Baca, we're going to, play, to the place of peace. And then he says, they go from strength to strength. Isn't that beautiful? I love it. They go from strength to strength. Blessed are those who experience the strength of God. Blessed are those whose strength is found in God. Then they go from a little bit of strength to a little bit more of strength and a little bit more still of strength until they go from strength to strength to strength to strength. And that's the promise of God to all of us today. Even in the valley of pain and suffering and tears, we can go from strength to strength as we carve out a place for him, keep our courage, keep our faith, and look to Jesus to be our hope. Are you encouraged today? I hope you are because God is with us. Let's pause and pray. Father, today I pray especially for those who are in the valley that you would be everything that they need. And you're within the sound of my voice today. Do you need prayer today? Would you say, I need his presence? Wherever you are right now, just open your hearts or maybe even just lift your hand wherever you're sitting right now. Just be honest. There's so many of you. And God says to you, I'm with you in the valley. And God, we praise you that in the valley that you would come to us and be with us and reveal yourself to us. God, I thank you that there are those today who will make a well, who will dig one, who will prepare for the provision of your power and your presence. We thank you that you're with us. You never leave us, never forsake us. Good news is our God will meet you wherever you are. Who is this God? He's the living word. He is the one who became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the sinless son of God who loved and reached out to people who were hurting, broken. Her lives were torn apart. He loved them as they were. And he never left them right where they were, but rather took them along with himself. He became sin for us on the cross. He died in our place. On the third day, by the power of God, he defeated death and hell and the grave so that anyone, and friends, can I just say this includes you? Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you've done. Anyone who calls on the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, your sins can be forgiven. He'll meet you right there where you are. Right now, the only thing separating you from him is your sin. And when you confess your need, he will forgive your sin. He'll bring life and hope and abundance to you. That's why many of you are here today. That's why you're listening. You need his grace. You need his mercy. You need his salvation. Today, you might be willing to say, I turn from my sin. I turn toward Jesus. I call on you. I'm digging a well. Jesus, I give my life to you. And if that's your prayer, I want you to just open your hearts, maybe even open your mouths right now and pray this prayer right after me. Just say these words right after me. Heavenly Father, I trust you to save me, to forgive me, to make me new. Jesus, lead me as my Lord and as my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can follow you and live for you every day of my life. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
friends, as we receive the blessing today, I want to encourage you to continue to love one another and get close to God as we've been learning that even in the valley, God will be close to you as you reach out to him. So be encouraged, be hopeful, be full of faith because we're going through this valley together. We're going to pop through the other side. Yes, we will. 
and we'll see God's grace and his mercy and his healing through it. Amen. Here's the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Peace in your heart, peace in your mind, peace in your soul. Peace in the valley, peace forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.